0: Prophecies foretell the end time world government will form an alliance with a global religious system just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. And do not be deceived because this alliance is being formed as we speak. I will provide an update on the ongoing fulfillment of this prophecy and discuss the church's mission in the midst of all of this chaos on today's edition of end of the age. Good afternoon, everybody. I'm Dave Robbins with End Time Ministries. Thank you so much for joining me on this edition of End of the Age. And I want to say to all of you that joined us out in Gladewater, Texas this weekend, we had a great conference. It was a good time. We baptized an individual and man, what a great weekend it was. And looking forward to more conferences coming up very soon. I think I'll be down in... uh, Hearst, Texas here in a couple weeks, if I'm not mistaken, we'll be announcing that, but looking forward to another great conference down there. Going to talk today about the world government, the alliance with a world religious system and what the church should be doing. We're going to start off with the sustainable development goals. I taught a lot about the sustainable development goals this weekend. A lot of people don't even have a clue what that is now. There are um, many people that are concerned about COVID, the COVID uh, passports and different things, but that that is a symptom of a core issue. It's just a symptom. But a lot of people get focused on that when all of these big things are happening over here, but they've got you focused on this over here, right? So what I wanna do is I wanna expose something that you have to be watching because our present administration in Washington is all about this. But they don't call it this, they call it all kinds of different names, Build Back Better and all these different things. But you've got to understand what's going on. The Sustainable Development Goals were unanimously adopted by 193 member states of the United Nations, including the United States under the Obama administration, On September 25th of 2015. And these goals make up the international community's 15-year socialistic blueprint of global governance for every person on the planet. They call it the Transforming Our World, the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. They're talking about sustainable all the time. And a lot of what they talk about sounds good. We need to leave things for our children and grandchildren but not that it's not a good thing. What the what they're talking about these globalists? It's all about control, and so these goals are a they're really a universal policy agenda designed to convert the nations of the world into a global community governed by the United Nations, the seat of world government in the Earth. Now, again, this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy. We're watching it come to pass right before our very eyes. And this agenda is is comprised of 17 main goals that make up the sustainable development goals. But under those goals are 169 very focused targets designed to manage the planet. Not just underdeveloped nations, but the United States, Russia, the European Union, This is what they're trying to do. Now, I say that they are socialistic because their plan includes the the socialistic principle of wealth redistribution, and they actually state that the reduction of inequality will only be possible if wealth is shared and income inequality is addressed. And I also refer to this as global governance of every aspect of every person on earth, since the plan actually states, and I'm quoting, that we commit to make, we're gonna make fundamental changes in the way that our societies produce and consume goods and services. Every person, governments, international organizations, the business sector, and other non-state actors and individuals must contribute to changing unsustainable consumption and production patterns. So the ruse is that humans are using Earth's resources at such a rate that nothing's gonna be left to future generations. And therefore, the United Nations or the world government must establish a master plan to govern the Earth's citizens. And it must, in true socialistic form, redistribute the wealth of the world so that everyone is considered equal, even though that's not how it works out. They just wanna make the rich poorer and just have those global elitists at the top that have all the money. That's really what they want. They also believe that they should control the production and consumption of every person. They should strive to achieve universal health care. I've heard of many people even here in the United States talking about that. They want to control the climate, manage our cities and infrastructures, govern the oceans. And to govern land usage along with all ecosystems. If you really think you, they've got you thinking that you own a plot of land, right? But don't pay your taxes on that. They'll be happy to come and get it. And so this is the sustainable development goals. This is world government. And believe me, folks, everything, and I mean everything, all of the agendas being pushed, out of the United Nations, much of the agendas that are being pushed out of Washington, D.C., they all point to the sustainable development goals. You say, well, I wonder who's driving all of this. What's behind it all? It's these sustainable development goals that are designed to implement the global governing socialistic plan of the United Nations to every single person on the planet. They all go back to the Sustainable Development Goals. I'm going to prove that to you. Consider the Council for Inclusive Capitalism and the Vatican. This is the name of the website. And I told you that there's going to be a world government that is in alliance with a religious system. This is all scriptural. Revelation 17.3, John said, I saw a woman, which is the false religious system, sitting on the back of the seven-headed, ten-horned beast, which is the world government. It's, an, it's a symbolic view of the end-time world religious system. Well, there's a, there's a an entity. The council, you can look this up, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism and the Vatican. Now, the Vatican is not the only thing that's involved in this world religious system, but it's part of it. And it actually states, and I'm quoting this. Remember, I told you that everything goes back to the Sustainable Development Goals. I think I'm going to come up to a break here, so I don't want to, I don't want to cut this quote in half. But I will say that this is a 2,000-year-old prophecy, Revelation 13, of a world government, a world religion, and a world economic system known as the Mark of the Beast. I'm going to get into all three of them today, and I'm going to prove to you that all of these things are being used. There's precursors to all of them. The world government, world religion, that's already being established and precursors to the mark of the beast. In 2021, everybody, this is not way ahead of us now. We're living through it right now.
1: Major internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. understanding the end time end time magazine and so much more we will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct go to watch.endtime.com right now or search into the age plus in the app store or google play
2: we've seen bible prophecy fulfilled like never before Go online now. Visit endtime.com.
0: So what I'm trying to do today is to explain to you that the, all of these agendas, the, ma- the major agendas in the world that are being pushed right now, from the United Nations, much of them, them that are in Washington that are being pushed because they're handed down from the United Nations to carry out their edicts. They are, they are driven by these sustainable development goals. And let me explain to you how I know that. And, and the, the world religion is involved in all of this, you understand, here it is. The Council for Inclusive Capitalism and the Vatican. I'm stating, I'm quoting from you from their website. The council is committed to action. It seeks real lasting change for good. Member organizations will each take a different approach toward implementing the principles of inclusive capitalism, moving off our current capitalism into a more... Um, for the common good, uh, ran by the state, different things. Everybody's going to be involved. Everybody, it's going to be more inclusive, even uh, vendors and employees and things like that involved in running businesses. So, this principles for inclusive capitalism, but each commits to promoting the sustainable, inclusive, strong, and trusted economies around the world. Each of us, and I'm still quoting, each of us working together and with others. We'll find the best approach for our institutions, industries, governments that can foster inclusion and we will define and implement individual actions and approaches following the principles for inclusive capitalism. This includes, and here's what I want to make sure you know, this includes further enhancement of environmental, social governance measures in our daily operations as we help to do what? To achieve the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. So anybody who wants to move us off our current capitalism, it, where a, the business owners and their investors would reap the benefits from a business because they're the one taking all the risk, that there are people that would want to implement socialist principles here in the United States, move off of um, our, the, the type of capitalism that we've had here for years, on to more inclusive capitalism, where the government would be involved, employees, vendors, all kinds of different people, and it's, it's more of a moving towards a socialistic system. What are they saying they want to do? We're wanting to support and implement the sustainable development goals. This is, they're all involved in this. These groups, these, these high-level CEOs and different things that are involved in major companies around the world. We will work to implement the sustainable development goals. Now, another proof. Council members, they say that they will make actionable commitments aligned with the World Economic Forum. uh, All of this is tied in together. The World Economic Forum, the International Business Council's pillars for, here it is again, sustainable value creation of people, planet, principles, and governance. They always throw that word governance in there. And prosperity. And that do what? Advance the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Then, so that ties in the World Economic Forum. They just said, we're all working together to reach these goals, these 17 Sustainable Development Goals. What are the Sustainable Development Goals? The the United Nations Socialistic Blueprint to Govern Every Person on the Earth. This is the end-time world government, folks. So how how does that bring in the World Economic Forum? Well, in Geneva, Switzerland, in September of 2020, in the closing session of the World Economic Forum, their fourth, get this, the Sustainable Development Impact Summit, they're all on board with this. The leaders called for governments, businesses, and civil society to create new kinds of cooperation to tackle COVID-19 and the climate crisis. Why? To achieve, I'm quoting here, from the World Economic Forum's website, to achieve the sustainable development goals. And the diplomats have urged leaders to seize the opportunity for a great reset. You've heard us talk about that many times. The idea has been championed by Klaus Schwab, who is the founder of the executive uh, chairman of the World Economic Forum. What What they're all trying to do. They're saying, hey, we're all trying to implement and achieve the sustainable development goals. The United Nations Sustainable Development Goals. Then you have a global numbering system. It's in the Bible, Revelation chapter 13, verse 16 through 18. And I want to read you some excerpts from an article. You can read this article. It's from the Secure ID News. The title of the article is Projects Aim for a Legal Identity for Everyone. The Bible tells us everyone is going to be given a number that without in their right hand or in their forehead, a a, a digital identity, a form of that, without which they won't be able to buy or sell, their own unique identification number. Well, in this article, it says that ID2020, which is the United Nations efforts to number everybody, and ID40, which is the World Bank's effort, they aim to bring legal binding digital IDs to all of the world's citizens. This is a 2,000-year-old prophecy. It wasn't even possible until the invention of the computer and the Internet. Now, just within the last 30 or 40 years, people have been working like crazy to number people, number people, number people, and get them on this digital platform. The purpose, and I'm quoting from the article. These are excerpts from this article. They say the purpose of ID2020 is to nurture public-private partnerships that can create an opportunity for emerging technology to connect with organizations, here it is, what I tell you it all points back to, that are working toward the United Nations Sustainable Development Goal, number 16.9, which is legal identity for all. They say that success on 16.9 will enable those persons that are invisible in society and may become vulnerable to have a legal identity. The article states that ID 2030, the subsequent step, involves scaling the ID 2020 system and delivering it to more than a billion people that they consider that are unnumbered. The rest of the other six and a half billion, they already consider them numbered, you understand? And it goes on to state, and as for what kind of ID will be used and how stateless child's identity will be proved, uh edge the guy who's over it says that it is it's soon it's um it's too soon to know he said the first 18 months have been focused on regulation, compliance and policy technology is not the concern he said everybody wants to know what the technology is but they're missing the point there's lots of technology out there but it's how you compile it and how it fits in with regulation and compliance he's saying that's the most important thing he said that And I'm still quoting from the article. He said, we have voice recognition, facial recognition, iris scans, multiple different technologies. He said, so how they're all combined in order to create a recognized legal identity, he said, that's the key. That's what we're working on. And one of the interesting catch-22s is that every single country has a different way of recognizing a legal identity. His goal is to get it all compiled into one to where they're all interconnected. He's saying that's the goal. He said, ID2020, the article says ID2020 is trying to create something that will lead to international collaboration. All these different nations interconnected together. And he said, if it's going to scale to a billion, and there's this thing called also the, the IoT, the Internet of Things going on. He said, it's probably an, a good idea to build out mobile so, Internet of Things would be everything is connected by a um, some type of a chip or something that's in a in a phone, in a computer, in your toaster, in everything, and that way they can know exactly what you're doing at all times. How much wh- when you make toast? How long your toaster ran? Your refrigerator? Everything? It's called the Internet of Things. Everything's connected. And all of this is being stored in a database somewhere. Why? Because the sustainable development goals. Because in the article, and this is one of the reasons I pulled this, is because it says the, ultimately the team is striving to do what? To meet the mission of the sustainable development goals. So you've got the Vatican working with the inclusive um, capitalism, you've got the World Economic Forum, you've got ID 2020 and ID 4D, which is the World Bank's effort to number every human being. What are they all trying to do? Implement the Sustainable Development Goals. The article goes on to say one group ID 2020 could assist is the World Bank's Identification for Development Efforts, ID 4D, their initiative, which is working towards a similar goal, numbering everybody. But they say that like ID2020, sustainable, the Sustainable Development Goals also drives ID40, which is the World Bank's effort to number everybody. So all of these initiatives are go back to the Sustainable Development Goals. I'll give you one more proof. The International Organization for Migration. You understand that President Trump recognized what was going on and Nikki Haley pulled us out of the Global Compact for Migration. But this article says that from the International Organization of Migration, their website says that the global compact is framed consistent with target 10.7 of the 2030 Agenda for Sustainable Development. They're all in this together in which member states committed to cooperate internationally to facilitate safe, orderly and regular migration. The, 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 the United Nations, they want to manage the migration of people around the earth. They do not like countries that have borders. They want a borderless world, creating one global state that answers to a global government. That's the goal here. Many of the globalists talk about having a borderless world. We don't want to protect our borders. We want open borders. Anybody who believes in globalism or world government does not want to protect the border. We feel the effects of that in Texas on our southern border as we speak. And since the federal government will not close the border and protect the border, then our governor, Greg Abbott, and many others have had to jump in and say, well, if the federal government is going to do it, which is what their job is, then the Texas government is going to go down there and have to take care of it. And that's that's what you fee- That's you see that in the news going on right now. Our federal government, which is their responsibility, will not handle that. Why? Because the current administration is... For open borders, not closed borders, open borders. And so so now you're getting an idea of what's going on here in the United States and and around the world. They do not like countries. Israel protects our borders. The, The international community does not like that. They want to be able to manage or to globally govern everybody and say, no, no, we're going to move X amount of people into your country and equal things out. That's not how it works. Because the problem is, is that you've got terrorists and all these bad things that want to come in as well. I'm not saying that everybody who wants to come in is bad. Definitely I'm not saying that. But if you're not bad, why not just come in, come in legally? What's wrong with coming in legally? Come in, fill out the papers, get vetted, and come on in. I'm for everybody coming in, but what's wrong with coming in legally? And so it's a big problem, and a lot of uh, the problem we have down here on the southern border comes from the United Nations and their efforts to migrate, uh, to control migration. You've got to understand what's going on behind the scenes when you follow the news and watch and see, you know, why, why wouldn't the, the president of the United States say, hey, we've got to protect our borders. We've got all this stuff coming across that we don't want. We've got to protect that. And it's really um, quite the conundrum, to say the least. Now, the cashless society, moving off of cash onto a digital society. You think that's any different than any of these other agendas that are being pushed? Absolutely not. The cashless society, consider the, the Better Than Cash Alliance. the org. you can read this. Their website states, based at the United Nations, so they're working right along with the world government, The Better Than Cash Alliance is a partnership of governments, companies, international organizations that accelerates the transition from cash to responsible digital payments. Why are they doing it? I'm quoting here, folks. To help achieve the sustainable development goals. The Paris Climate Agreement. I'll give you one more. According to the UN.org. To address climate change, countries adopted the Paris Climate Agreement to limit gold, uh, global temperature, the rise to well below 2 degrees Celsius. Implementation of the Paris Climate Agreement, which President Trump pulled us out of, which President Biden pushed us back into, they say on the website, the UN's website, implementation of the Paris Climate Agreement is essential for the achievement of what? What? the Sustainable Development Goals and provides a roadmap for climate actions that will reduce emissions and build climate resilience. Folks, the list goes on and on and on. What are we talking about? The the Sustainable Development Goals are the socialistic blueprint to govern every person on the planet by the United Nations. They've got the United Nations, the the nations of the world have signed on to this. Again, the Obama administration did in 2015. I should say the Obama-Biden administration. You understand what's going on. President Trump pulled us out of much of it. President Biden pushed us right back into it. And this is what we're seeing playing out in the news every day. Now, when we get back from the break, I'll talk to you about an article where Pope Francis, remember I said that the... Uh, World religion and the world government are going to be working together. I'll go through an article where Pope Francis has called for global governance and universal vaccines in a letter to globalists.
1: Major Internet companies are silencing and censoring Christian voices online. These companies are trying to control what you see and hear. Almost 200 videos of ours have been marked as restricted online right now. That's why we launched End of the Age Plus, a platform where the truth won't be censored, a platform where we can preach the message of the gospel. When you subscribe to End of the Age Plus today for just $12.99 a month, You can watch all of our content in a secure, easy-to-view way from your favorite device. When you go to watch.endtime.com and subscribe, you'll get instant access to all of our teaching resources, including Revelation, The Unveiling of Jesus Christ, Understanding the End Time, End Time Magazine, and so much more. We will not censor our message to comply with what the world deems as politically correct. Go to watch.endtime.com right now, Or search End of the Age Plus in the App Store or Google Play.
3: If your station only carries the first 30 minutes of End of the Age, go to endtime.com and click the Watch button to continue today's broadcast. You can also finish up later by clicking the Archive button.
0: Now you can understand why I wanted to talk to you about the sustainable development goals and let you know that most of the agendas coming out of the United Nations, they're all trying to push and to implement these sustainable development goals. It's global governance, everybody. And, you know, it's all based on propaganda, a hoax, all these different things. Now, I'm not saying global, uh, the um, COVID-19 um, is is a hoax it's it's real it took my father-in-law so it's, i know it's very real but there are people like the great reset the world economic forum they're wanting to use that hey let's use this great uh crisis that we're in to have a, a global reset of the world's economy you can go read it for yourself on the world economic forum's website So they say, hey, in the face of a crisis, let's get our agendas pushed forward. We're pushing to implement the sustainable development goals. And you hear sustainable with the word sustainable, sustainable development all the time. Even here in the United States, the liberal news media is pushing, 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 sustainable, sustainable we we need to move off of oil and gas and onto electric cars and wind turbines and things like that to to be more sustainable but they they're all looking they want all of the world to look towards a world government for the solutions but guess guess what i'm not doing that the bible says in psalm 55:22 cast thy burden upon the lord and he shall sustain thee he shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. Folks, it is the Lord that will sustain us, not the world government. I'm never going to look towards the world government to sustain me. You go out when, you, when you're driving down the road and you see all these huge cornfields and wheat fields and bean fields and all the cattle on a thousand hills and everything that has been sustaining us for 6,000 years. Guess where all of that comes from? It comes from Jesus Christ, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. That's where it comes from. God created all of this. Nothing the world government can do can sustain us. So I'm not gonna get caught up in all the hoopla and the propaganda and all this mess that says, hey, in the face of all these crises, look to the world government for leadership and guidance. Not gonna do that. I'm gonna look to my Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because the Bible says, I'm gonna quote it again, Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. All these, everybody, the United Nations today is trying to play off of what God's always been doing. Look to the world government, we will sustain you. But that's not how it works, folks. The world government can't sustain anything. It's our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ that I'm going to keep my hand in his hand. And he's been sustaining me my entire life. My very next breath and my heartbeat comes from him. So we're not going to get caught up in Satan's effort to run the world. That's politics. I'm going to get involved as much as I can in God's effort to run the world. And that's the church. Okay, so I'm I'm going to, I can go two ways. I can start preaching or I can go into, let let me me go into this real quick and and then I may preach before we're done. LifeSite News, because I want to show you how the world religion and all this stuff's working together. LifeSite, I've talked about the Pope's encyclicals and all these different things, but you understand that Pope and the Vatican's all bought into sustainable development and and global governance. They have been for years. LifeSite News, Uh, there's an article, Pope Francis calls for global governance and universal vaccines in a letter to Globalist Financials uh, Summit. So, I'm quoting, <clears throat> there remains a, this, is, this is from the Pope. There remains an urgent need for a global plan that can create new and regenerate existing institutions, particularly those of global, global governance, and help to build a new network of international relations for advancing the integral human development of all peoples. On April 8th, Pope Francis has addressed the World Bank and I shouldn't, I shouldn't say that quote. That was the lead-in to the quote, okay? Let me make sure I got that right. Pope Francis addressed the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund at their spring meeting. He called for global governance in light of COVID-19, strongly advocating universal vaccines <clears throat> and bemoaning the ecological debt which is owed to the nature itself. I don't know nature. I, I owe nature nothing. And God is sustaining us. You understand, the, the buds come out on a tree every year because God makes them do that. Crops come up every year because you have a farmer that will go out there and plant, and God brings the sunshine and the rain, and you can look at 10-foot corn come October. Because God has made these things happen over and over for thousands of years. So the letter was delivered, the letter by Pope Francis was delivered via Peter Cardinal uh, Turkson. He's the prefect of the Pope's dicastery for promoting integral human development to the spring 2021 meeting between the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund, uh, which was held last week. And this was dated April 4th, and the letter mentioned God just once in the final line. Instead, In other words, they're all looking towards world government, not God for for the sustainable, uh, to sustain us. Instead, Pope Francis focused on calling for a system of global government government, which would implement a new social order upon the world based on climate change policies and universal vaccination. So in calling for global governance, he was referencing the COVID-19 pandemic. And Francis declared that the world would have been forced to confront a series of grave and interrelated socioeconomic, ecological, and political crises. And such interconnected crises he placed before the World Bank and the IMF, and he was hoping that their meetings would provide the basis for a a reordering of world affairs. He said, it is my hope that your discussions will contribute to a model of recovery capable of generating a new, more inclusive, sustainable solutions to support the real economy, assisting individuals, communities to achieve their deepest aspirations and the universal common good. Pope Francis also repeated the claim that COVID has shown that um, how no one is saved alone and hence the new and creative forms of social, political and economic participation must be drawn up. Quoting from his recent encyclical, you remember back uh, Fratelli Tutti, which has been described as blasphemous by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. Francis mentioned the uh, trust as the cornerstone of all relationships and a point at which he believed the World Bank and the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, would well know due to, the, to being experts in the finance and economics. But he urged that the two financial giants would foster such relationships and engage in building bridges and envisioning long-term inclusive projects. And the Pope also renewed his frequent call for a paradigm shift in global politics. And he said that there remains an urgent need for a global plan that can create new and regenerate existing institutions, particularly those of global governance, and help to build a new network of international relations for advancing the integral human development of all peoples. That all sounds good, doesn't it? But a principal effect of the desired global government will be the reduction of debt in order to enable easy access to primary vaccines followed by health, education, and jobs. So he's saying, though, that we have an ecological debt to nature itself. So here's where it gets kind of a little... um, dicey, if you will. Pope Francis did not miss the opportunity to instruct the International Monetary Fund and the World Bank on another of his regular ideas of concern issues, namely climate change. And he warned about overlooking ecological debt, a a phenomenon which he described as affecting the whole world, pitting the global north against the global south, developed against underdeveloped. In other words, he said, we're in fact in debt to nature itself as well as, he's actually said in one of his encyclicals that we're sinning against nature. If you're a Christian, you're sinning against nature as well as the people and countries affected by human-induced ecological degradation and biodiversity loss. Now, he says that, but that's not scientifically proven. You understand. There are many scientists that would be diametrically opposed to that statement. In this regard, he says... I believe that the financial industry, which is distinguished by its great creativity, will prove capable of developing agile mechanisms for calculating the ecological debt so that developed countries can pay for it. Now, we're talking about wealth redistribution here. You understand? Not only by significantly limiting their consumption of renewable energy or by assisting poor countries to enact policies and programs of, here it is, sustainable development... What's the sustainable development goals? The United Nations socialistic blueprint to govern the planet. But he says also by covering the cost of innovation required for that purpose. Remember, I told you that they said the sustainable development goals would not be possible unless there was wealth redistribution. This is what he's preaching here. He goes on to say, these lines seem to echo the sentiments expressed by a key globalist and founder, the World Economic Forum's Klaus Schwab, whose proposed um, Great Reset is underpinned by a focus on green financial agenda, as he mentioned the withdrawal of fossil fuel subsidies and a new financial system of investments, which advance equality and sustainability and build a green urban infrastructure. I know this is global governance speak, but you've got to understand this stuff because people can bring up some of these things in the news, and if you don't understand what they're talking about, you would think, well, that's okay. You know, hey, maybe we do owe nature a debt. We, we don't owe nature a debt. The only debt that I truly have is to Jesus Christ because he died for me back on Calvary. That's the, that, and, and you know what? He paid my sin bill. He paid it back on Calvary. So if I owe anybody anything, it's Jesus Christ. G, the Bible says that God will sustain us, everybody, not the world government. And I got to continue because I could, I, if I had a pulpit, I could let it rip right now. So, Schwab, the IMF, and scores of these world's most influential banks, including the World Bank, have in fact already committed themselves to enforcing the green agenda of the Great Reset, and look to make uh, to, they're set to make adherence to the green policies, which a lot of it comes from the Sustainable Development Goals for access to finance in the future. Now, Francis has already signaled his, his intimacy with Schwab over the World Economic Forum, by sending an address to the World Economic Forum four times in during his 8-year pontificate and allowing an annual Vatican round table at Davos, Switzerland, the World Economics, you know, annual conference in Davos, Switzerland. So, but then he goes into subservience to globalist agenda. So, listen at this. Pope Francis's letter comes at no great surprise really cuz he's 84 years old. And he has been significantly increasing his longstanding ties with globalist groups and organizations like the United Nations and the World Economic Forum. He has recently called for a new world order, saying that the the drama of wasting the COVID-19 crisis would be worse than disruption caused by the COVID measures across the globe. They want to use this crisis to push their agendas. And on that occasion, too, he dealt with the topic of even salvation. Once again, viewing it with a purely earthly understanding and linking salvation to the new world order and a focus on green policies. The path to humanitarian salvation passes through the creation of a new model of development which unquestionably focuses on coexistence among peoples in harmony with creation.
3: Most of us walk around day by day blind to the prophecies being fulfilled right before us. Every news report brings a new piece to the puzzle in the race towards the final seven years and the second coming of Jesus Christ. Now, more than ever, it is important for God's people to understand the times in which we are living. On November the 12th, 2013, Go to JerusalemProphecyCollege.com.
0: So having said all this and with this understanding, you understand the alliance of politics and religion in the end time, holding hands with each other. I mean, the article goes on to state, I've got one more excerpt I want to cover to this end. It says, Pope Francis has launched his own initiative with the United Nations and with globalist corporations, the Council for Inclusive Capitalism and many others, in order to promote a new economic system of capitalism. And here it is. This is why I went through the entire first half of the program. To ensure the achievement of the United Nations Sustainable Development Goals, amongst other aspects, the partnerships promote sustainable lifestyles, gender equality, global citizenship, while the sustainable development goals themselves promote sexual and reproductive health services. So globalist wants you to believe, now you understand everything I just talked about is a fulfillment of Bible prophecy. The world government, the establishment of a world religion, the alliance of the world religion and world government in the end time, All of that is an ongoing fulfillment of Bible prophecy. So you don't have to wonder. Well, I wonder if we're in the end time or not. No, 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 no. Wait, wait. there's there's so many ways to prove that it's unbelievable right now. Everything is happening so fast. But I want to make sure that you guys are up to date and you understand what's going on because you'll hear a globalist give a speech and yeah, we need to be more sustainable and we need to help the people of the world with global healthcare and things like that. And you think, well, man, that might not be too bad. No, that's, that's one thing you do not, you do not wanna become dependent upon the world government because there are a million strings attached. Imagine if your healthcare was dependent upon the world government. So they say, okay, your care is dependent upon us. We gave you that as a right And we can withhold that right from you if you don't bow down to our edicts. That's the goal of all of this, to get you sucked up into it. And then it's all about control at the end of the day. So globalists, people that believe in a world government, they want you to believe that we need more world government for a sustainable future. Hence the sustainable development goals. But this is not scriptural, everybody. Again, I want to read it one more time. This is an awesome scripture. Psalm fifty five twenty two, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. It is the Lord that sustains us, not a world government. If you, I mean, I've, I've had the Lord take me through some rough times in my life. And I look back now and I think, Lord, you had your hand up on me that whole time. It was not a world government. It was not any government. The, the answer to your problems is not government. It is the Lord and many times you, you can get yourself out of a lot of stuff, get up, go to work. You can get yourself out of poverty, but in there's many things that you, you say, oh, I can't handle this by myself. Talk to the Lord. He'll walk with you through these things. So the world government is prophesied in scripture. It's going to happen. The world religion is prophesied in Scripture. Both of these are happening now. We're watching the alliance. We've been watching it for years. But if you don't understand about it, you'd think, well, you know, some of these things are pretty good. No, they're not. Sustainable development's not a good thing because it's agenda driven, you understand. They want wealth through distribution, they want all kinds of different things. So the question then becomes what should the church be doing? I'm a Christian, what should I be doing? Do I go hide in a cave? Am I you know, scared out of my mind? The answer to that is an absolute no. Daniel eleven thirty two 32 and 33 says this. My father-in-law believed in this scripture so much that we put it on his tombstone. If you ever come to, D- to Dallas, you go out and visit Irvin Baxter's tombstone, this scripture is going to be on there. Daniel 11, 32 and 33. And such as do wickedly against the covenant, shall he corrupt by flatteries. We didn't put that part on, but we started right here and we said, but the during the time of the Antichrist, but the people that do know their God shall be strong and do exploits and they that understand among the people shall instruct many. This is one of the scriptures that drove my father-in-law throughout most of his life. They that understand among the people shall instruct many. That's why we have the Understanding the End Time DVD series. They that understand among the people. The words, O oh, Daniel, close up and seal this book because it's for the people of the time of the end, because there will be people of understanding that will help people and instruct people. So, if you ever come down here and visit us, go out to, the, to his grave. That's going to be on his tombstone. Guess what? There's also going to be one eight hundred end time and www.endtime.com on his tombstone. <laughs> my mother-in-law and my the daughters put that on there, and I think it is awesome because this was it. This was him, and so because we're against world government, we don't believe in that. That's Satan's method of ruling the world. God's coming back very soon to establish His kingdom here on the earth. But guess what we are as Christians? We're ambassadors of Jesus Christ in the earth. This old world, the church is God's method of ruling the world. Going out and showing people the love of Jesus Christ and how I'm an ambassador. Let me show you. You understand that Jesus taught the gospel of the kingdom of God. That was his message. Look Look in the gospels. Jesus taught the gospel of the kingdom of God. He said, Because this is why I'm sent to teach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And then the apostles, when he sent them out, he said, you guys go out and now you're going to teach the same gospel, the gospel of the kingdom of God. And that's what they did throughout the rest of the New Testament. And so guess what my message is to you today? It's the exact same message of Jesus, the exact same message of the apostles I'm teaching you the gospel of the kingdom of God. What's the gospel of the kingdom of God? That the God of heaven is coming back before very long to establish his kingdom here on the earth. Let me show you how to be a part of that kingdom. That's the goal of every radio program we do, every magazine we do, put out every DVD, every uh, interview that I'm on, every prophecy conference I'm on, every television show that we produce is to teach you about the gospel of the kingdom of God. The, the apostles talked about prophecy. Jesus talked about prophecy. We talk about prophecy. We're showing you the, God, the kingdom of God is not very far off. The physical kingdom of God here on the earth, we want you to go on the rapture. Let me show you how to do that. So what's the church's role in the end time? The church will be fully engaged in efforts to evangelize this world. That's our goal. I'm not going to, when I know that things are coming down, I'm not going to drive to Colorado and live in a tent somewhere or I'm going to go hide. Because why? I've got a commission as a Christian in the end time to evangelize this world. I cannot do that hiding in the back of a cave somewhere. Daniel eleven thirty two says, they that uh, do know their God will be strong and do exploits. And they that understand among the people, they're going to be instructing many. That's going to be our goal. In the midst of chaos, this old world will have the greatest revival the world has ever seen. You say, well, that, that's that's not possible. Yeah, oh yeah, it absolutely is. Look under the look in the Old Testament, or I'm sorry, look in the New Testament where the apostles everything the New, it was, that was done in the New Testament was under the reign of a Roman government. Rome ruled the world during that time. That's why there were Roman soldiers during Jesus' crucifixion. You ever wonder about that? Why were there Roman soldiers there? Rome had occupying forces in Jerusalem. But yet they, they filled Jerusalem with their doctrine and they set up churches all over that area. Why? Even all the way to Rome. The book of Romans was written to the Roman church. And so they did all that under the reign of a world government but they were not in fear mode. Fear will paralyze you and you're not going to evangelize anybody because you're scared to death. So you've got to get over your fear and you've got to say, hey, it's time. You know, when, imagine when the final seven years starts. Imagine when they start rebuilding the Jewish temple and they start resuming sacrifices. You're going to know we, we have just a few, a very short period of time left. Evangelism is really going to take off. And we're going to be in full evangelism mode. I mean, you understand, ministries have long held the belief that God would bring a a great revival in the last days. The Bible says it. Consequently, they're looking for this great revival. You know, whether it's called the end time revival, the, the latter rain revival, or the great outpouring. Ministries have been preaching that a great awakening would take place shortly before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Not the great falling away. But the Bible says there will come a time that God will say, Out of all this false religion, come out of her, my people. There's going to be a great revival. Um, in Joel two twenty three, the Bible says God hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain, and the latter rain even. Many believe the development of the modern Pentecostal and charismatic movements were directly related back to the Azusa Street Revival, and that was a great revival. And an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which began back in what, eighteen of nineteen oh six, somewhere in there. Maybe it was earlier than that, even in um, Topeka, Kansas. I think. But the the Pentecostal movement was a significant factor in world evangelism during the twentieth century, according to Lou Engel, uh, the co-founder of the the Call, the Azusa Street uh, with William at, at Azusa Street with William Seymour. That the, they, they opened the heavens and by the power of the Spirit, there were churches united and races were united. And all, all that stuff just went out and um, with the, a tongue of fire and exploded out of, L, out of L.A. into the nations of the earth. And Engle believed that that was a coming outbreak of the revival that will pack stadiums across the country someday, resulting in churches receiving renewed power in the Holy Spirit. And then th- th- we know there's going to be great revival during the Antichrist reign. Again, I just quoted Daniel 11:32 and 33. And the Bible says, but the people that do know their God shall be strong into exploits. And they that understand among the people shall instruct many. So the apostles, the early Christians, they understood from the prophets and from Jesus Christ, his own actions and teachings, that Jesus was the true Messiah But many of the Messianic prophecies were intended to be understood only during the time of the end. And so the days just before the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we're going to have great revival. Daniel chapter 7 verse 9. Daniel, um, sorry, Revelation 7 verse 9. The Bible says, John, when he saw the 144,000, he said, Then I turned and looked, and a multitude no man could number, out of every kindred, people, tongue, and nation. So it's not just the Jews, but there's a great revival coming. And they stood before the throne, and they worshiped God, and they had white robes. And the elder looked at John, and he said, John, who are these individuals? And John said, in essence, I don't, I don't know who they are. In, you know. And the elder says, John, these are they that came out of great tribulation. When's the great tribulation? It's that final three and one half years, just prior to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So we're, we're experiencing revival on a certain level now. But there's coming a time when this thing's going to escalate, when some of these big prophecies start clipping off and people realize, oh my goodness, we've only got a few years left because they've been instructed on these different timelines and things the Bible has given us. And we're going to have the greatest time of revival the world's ever known. What's the church's role in the midst of all this chaos? We're going to be in full-on evangelism mode, reaching, preaching and teaching the gospel of the kingdom of God to this entire world, and then the end will come. If you wonder what your role is as a Christian, you got to get out of fear mode, start walking by faith, live for God, do His will in your life, and evangelize this world. Teach and preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. God bless.